0: Over the last few days, I've been thinking a lot about how we wanted to start this show. And things kept changing. The Islanders seemed like they were in good shape coming out of the weekend. They had back-to-back wins against the Lightning and the Flyers. Then they lose to the Capitals. And my mind's going back and forth. Then the Penguins are playing the Blackhawks. And I honestly couldn't get it straight. I started writing our notes multiple times um, and then just decided... There was a reason why we waited to record until after Wednesday, and so I stuck with that. I I did the notes earlier this morning, so here we are. Despite all of the New York Islanders' problems, and you can listen to all of season four if you want the litany of issues this team has, go back and listen to that on, um, on YouTube or on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this. The Islanders are in the playoffs.
1: Before could that. You, though, could you could you imagine though? Could you imagine though if we recorded Tuesday morning?
0: <laughs> and that's and that's like particularly why we waited, right? Cuz I, I think it could have been 3 hours long or 20 minutes or or much, maybe much less than that. i am just absolutely not we give up.
1: We I would stand. have been like that was embarrassing upload.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> That sounds right. Uh, it would have been really hard to put our DraftKings ad in. Yeah. Uh, but we would have we would have figured it out. But yeah, it was just a, a disaster. And it was, um, as it's been all season, a real roller coaster. But, but before we get into some of this, although we are a little bit of a roll, I do want to talk about UBS. Because I went there. I had a different experience this time than my first time, which was about a year ago. In that I took the train. And this is for people that have been, you know, maybe haven't had a chance to go there yet or or anything like that. I took the train in on the Ronkonkoma line. Very smooth. Took the train back, obviously smooth. Yeah, Even a couple extra trains, although I wish that I, they would have announced that. Um, they added another Ronkonkoma and Huntington train, probably others, but I, I left before they obviously they came. Um, so I wouldn't have left early if I knew that there were going to be extra trains and it wasn't going to be everybody piling on to these extra trains um but i had a chance and i don't have you been there multiple times well you've been there like covering some things but like as a fan have you been there multiple times
1: uh as a fan once i've been there as media a bunch of times now
0: did it take you a second to really appreciate what it
1: was yeah yeah I definitely did i I had been before a before i went as a fan i had been there probably like We did a walkthrough in in different things. Yeah, while it was being built, I did do a walkthrough. And all the media coverages, you know, it's funny because, like, I go in, like, just, like, when I'm working that day. I just go in, like, just constantly thinking about, like, my stories that I'm writing and, like, who I'm going to talk to and and who else, what other writers I might see if I have questions for them or stuff like that. So I I didn't have a chance to, like, go – to the arena and really take it in. And then I went as a fan and no expectations for the night or anything like that. I just wanted to go and, and, you know, just enjoy a hockey game for the night with my wife. And, you know, when I was walking from the parking garage to the arena and like, you have to kind of go down a hill and then you go up a hill. um, And then the, you know, once you get up the hill, the, the arena starts to emerge and you start to see it. And I was like, Wow, I've never, never seen it like this before. For some reason, <laughs> like, holy crap, this is amazing. And then, like, you walk in through the main concourse, which you don't normally do as media, and then it hits you again. You're like, whoa, I totally forgot that. Like, this is this is how beautiful this place is. This place is just amazing. Um, and I had never had the experience of like going to concessions and to the team store and stuff like that. I haven't been to a ton of other arenas outside of the metro area. I would be surprised to see any arenas better than that one. It really was amazing.
0: It, I think it's hard to compare it sometimes to other arenas that I've been to because it is so new. So there, there's just some distinct advantages. Like it's it's just nicer um, simply because it's new. But I put it on par with with some of the other ones, particularly in Colorado. Um, yes, I've really, been there. I really like that one. I thought Dallas was also really nice. They also have a concourse. Um, I went to Denver in December. I think it went to Dallas and December. And um, Dallas and Denver in December. That's a tongue twister for all you media people. That's a good uh, warm it. up. Um, but I, I was at both of those arenas in December, so it it wasn't cold necessarily but it wasn't super warm so there wasn't like a ton of people outside in Dallas there was a good amount um, but in Colorado they have a, a restaurant right inside that you can go to before the game and hang out and then there's a stairway you can show your tickets and you can kind of walk up to the main concourse but I, you know I and I bring this up because I was only there one other time and I drove in and I was a little aggravated because it was a pain in the ass at the time it was like pre-parking garage and um. You know, I, I it was it was a pretty full game against Tampa last Thursday as well. But it, this was it was packed. It was the last game, I believe, the last game of the season against the Capitals, and um, they won five one. was pretty cool. Got to see a lot of goals. I've seen a lot of goals actually at, yeah. at UBS. Um, both games have been uh, four or five goals or more. But uh, you know, I was there kind of early because we just caught the train. You know, we just wanted a, a chance to kind of check things out in the concessions and essentially the longest line there was for the islander store for most of the time um and this is oh, yeah. doors open an hour hour and a half before uh, the game and it's it's hard to move in there and i'm i'm i think i'm just happy that people are that interested like it wasn't one of those things where i was mad that there were so many people i didn't want to you know it seems a little gatekeepy to do that but i was just excited people were excited and I was, was I was
1: also when I went to the team store for the first time I was just enamored by the selection. There's so much. Oh my! Like there, there, so
0: there's so there's so much stuff, and I think what I didn't I wasn't annoyed by this, but I I questioned it for a second. They have really cool things that are not for sale as like yeah. display items, and I'm like it was a baseball jersey, and I'm like I want oh, the baseball that's jersey. Cool. And it was just on a mannequin like I, I, looked, see, I looked all over couldn't find it coolest did, thing in there easily.
1: Did, did you see the jean jacket that was also cut up for uh, a bunch of jerseys that for me was like, OK, <laughs> I need that.
0: <laughs> all right. I mean, I, I think I appreciate a, a part of. So I initially saw that and I cringed a little because it was cut up jerseys.
1: Yeah, and I was I like,
0: oh, yikes. I don't you know, I, I don't know how I feel about that necessarily. But looking at, I can understand why someone would like it. It is not for me. That is not the type of. Uh... I wouldn't wear it. Okay, that's but I that's want fair. it. That's that's an interesting take. Well, you like want to create a whole like thing of, uh, you know, yeah. And I have my own piece. office
1: eventually, and like stuff is going to be behind me and everything. That would be like something I'd have up there, but yeah, no, made, I, I it, hear
0: you. It made it made me think that there are so many um, original jerseys. So like dead stock jerseys that exist that the Islanders just have. Right. And yeah. they made all these new ones and people are clamoring over these things on eBay. I'm willing to bet all of the original stuff exists somewhere. Like they they just didn't sell them. They were selling, they, they made probably so much of this stuff and it just changed so quickly. Even the wave jerseys. I bet you that they
1: exist. sitting in a box somewhere.
0: I'm sure they're sitting in a in a, in a box somewhere. Um, last, uh, you know, so the t- last thing I'll say about the team store, I did see a wave jersey with Casperitis on it, and I was like, "That's a very interesting." Like they purposely made that. Did they? I thought I, I was very surprised to see it. I did see a couple other Casperitis jerseys walking around. Um, so clearly, there's something there. You know, so three, including me, four, the one in the store buried you know in between a million other ones but um i thought it was interesting i thought it was interesting that they brought it back at all right they're they're pushing the fisherman thing yeah and they brought back this jersey too
1: so uh, are you are you referring to the the wave jersey with the islander logo or the fisherman logo yes
0: no with the islander logo
1: oh, okay because like i know there's a rack of those in there that have mostly ziggy Palfi jerseys and then as i was rifling through them it, uh, a certain at a certain point like i uh, probably three quarters of the way through the rest were Anders Lee, which was interesting to me. I don't know how I
0: feel about the when people are doing the new, modern players on older jerseys, and I've seen this for a very long time. Yeah, there was over time. There's been I've seen Bossy jerseys and Troche and different things on modern jerseys, and it it throws me off. And I feel the same way in reverse. I don't like seeing the newer players' names on these older jerseys. If it's a throwback, like on purpose, because it's different. It's like it's never the same thing. I don't mind. That's fine. Fine. I I can. I understand that it's different. And this isn't a gatekeepy thing so much as just don't do it. And it's even worse. It's even worse when people have like my fisherman jersey or my wave jersey, and then they bring it to the team store and they put a modern player on it, and it's not the same lettering or the the way that they did it, and it looks. There was one I saw one. it was a Berard jersey and it was an original starter Barard jersey with, you know, a fisherman wave and it had it right across. It didn't have it in the in the in the pattern. But that's how it is on the modern jerseys on, on the, you know, the, the retro fisherman. So <laughs> it really annoys me.
1: I'm going to get Ziggy Palfy on the Bridgeport Islander fisherman jersey.
0: Oh my! I think I saw something like that. <laughs> no, really? no, no! I saw Zezicus. Oh I saw Zezicus jersey, bat. and I guess it's unique. It's just very strange to me. I, I
1: did legitimately think of getting Defour or Iskakov because I, for some reason, like some names look really good on a jersey. Like Iskakov's name, I think, looks immaculate with number seventeen, and seventeen is my number my whole life. So I did think about getting Iskakov on the jersey. Um, I wound up just leaving it blank, but yeah, I did see some. Like, I saw a Beau Horvat, I saw a Barzell, and I was like, "No, oh, all right,
0: <laughs> that's definitely a choice." I, I yeah, but
1: I don't know why. When, like I said, when they make it the third jersey next season, it'll be fine. Yeah.
0: Oh, I guess so. That
1: that makes a little
0: more sense. So I don't know why I'm such a stickler about it. It's I guess it's not jersey for snob.
1: Me. you're a merch snob,
0: I, a, a, a little bit. Um. I don't own a whole lot of new stuff, although I do have this hat. If you're watching on YouTube, I did get this seven-panel hat um, at the team store last year, and um, it's a little—it's a little big. The brim is very big, but um, I do—I do like it. It's—it's it's a rare hat that I'll wear. That's not one of my older ones. I kind of cycle through, so I don't wear wear through them. But yeah, I did. You know, the concessions were really good. Um, it's super easy to get food. It's very what very you eat? quick had a big chicken baby yes you did um with a blue line deli bagel it hit the spot i mean i had been thinking about it for that whole week as well so that didn't hurt um but it was very good and again very quick uh we had plenty of time to walk around we got all you know a pretzel and popcorn and this and you know we looked around where the best beer selection was and um it's 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 just very nice. And I realized that I just didn't have that opportunity last time. Cause I think I got there maybe too close to the start of the game and just wanted to get to the seats. So we kind of just like whatever was in the main concourse, grabbed it right there and just went to our seats. But I really enjoyed it. And it did feel a little more like home uh, fans that have been there a bunch of times. Maybe this is, uh, I'm probably late, but it did feel like where the eye play. It didn't feel like that last time. It, it, was granted it was my first time there it just felt like another place where they played this felt a little more like like home and uh it was and it turned out to be a a great game i called pretty much every goal right before it happened uh my girlfriend asked me how i how i did that um but they were all like pretty much wide open chances so um i'm not too i'm not that smart but it was a very good game i enjoyed it the people around us were really good and um, had a good experience on the Islanders Ticket Exchange. If you're nervous about that, I'm very nervous about that um, on Facebook. It worked out. Um, check with people and, and look around, uh, see if they've sold tickets to other people. And, um, and if it feels weird, don't buy them. That's, that's all I'll say about that. Um, so as we said last week, in, in, in last week's episode, this last seven days was a nightmare. As we alluded to in the in, at the top of the show, um, it was back and forth. This ep- this episode would have been very different had we recorded it a couple days ago. Um, I do want to I, I I I do want to get to the actual Caps game um, when we talk about where we think the Islanders' downfall might be, but I want to start with the ridiculous Blackhawks win over the, over the Penguins, um, and how that relates to the Islanders playing the Habs, because. The Blackhawks winning against the Penguins is just as ridiculous as the Habs beating the Islanders. But then when they did it, I thought there's no chance the Islanders are absolutely going to lose tomorrow night because this is that's just the way the winds are going, and the Penguins seem to just find a way every year. They they find a way in. Um, I I really didn't think that. The Islanders had a chance. The Habs were just going to kind of come out and, and, and play spoiler. Did you have a chance to watch that Blackhawks game?
1: So, no, I'm, I was covering the Devil game that night. But, um, you know, I was checking in on it periodically. And, um, you know, I was like, oh, you know, it's, it's one nothing Blackhawks, you know. But no way does Sidney Crosby let this happen, right? And then it's the second period, and it's still one nothing halfway through. And I'm like, no. Crosby and Malkin and Latang—they're going to figure it out. Like they have Gensel there, someone someone will score, right? Then they tie it. I'm like, yeah, they got it. It's fine. Seconds later, seconds later, because now I'm standing outside the Devils' game's over. I'm standing outside of the Devils' locker room, waiting to go in, and I get the alert: two-one Blackhawks. I'm like, no. And it's like dying moments of the the second period. I'm like, no, that's not going to happen, right? And then suddenly, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, no, like, and all the other media members are like, what is going on? And I'm like, this is wild right now. I can, I, I'm standing here of the firm belief that the Islanders are cooked. They're done. They got embarrassed. They didn't take advantage when they were supposed to. No way is Sidney Crosby going to open the door and be like, don't worry. You guys go, right? We'll sit out this time. Sixteen times in a row, that's enough. No way did I think that was gonna happen. Sure enough, Penguins cannot for some reason muster up a win over the Blackhawks. And part of it
0: was Jari played the puck and yes. he was really bad at it and he and he screwed up. I believe that was the third goal. So he really like single handedly put the nail in the coffin for for the penguins. And then it was pretty much over after yeah. that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it, I was just floored when I saw what was transpiring. Um. And you know, to top it off, the funniest thing was, you know, the Penguins wanted to win that game for obvious reasons, but it's also kind of obvious that the Blackhawks organization, at least, wanted that game to be a loss because they need to. Look, Jonathan Taze isn't coming back next season. That was announced this morning. I I don't know why did that. I
0: don't know. I don't know either like
1: that. Very strange. Uh, Kane is already gone. They're turning over a new leaf. They want Connor Bedard and they win that game. They're like neck and neck for last place with Columbus and and, uh, San Jose. Like the irony is that they wanted to lose and they won that freaking game. It is unbelievable. Yeah, I well, what's funny is
0: uh, Gary Bettman and friends would lead you to believe that the tanking does not exist. It doesn't. And yeah, I don't. There's a there's a it doesn't. There's a part of me that yeah, and maybe that's the distinction, because I do find it hard to believe the players aren't going out there and, and playing, right? I think it's just the what what are the what's the quality of the collection of players that are out there when you're and Columbus is a really weird example because I, I don't quite understand how that worked out i don't know is Lane hurt i know he was at some point in the season um yeah at, at some know, point he was you know like uh, their their goaltending isn't great you know they didn't have corpusalo anymore i don't know who their their goalie is at this at this point um right that was their goalie they traded him to
1: la yeah they traded him to la
0: um and then also traded Jonathan quick who was never going to report to columbus um, and now is in the playoffs with um, the uh, Golden Knights. And uh, I don't know if there's an actual chance. I don't know what the West really looks like as far as the playoffs are concerned. But I really hope that the Golden Knights and the Kings can, can find a way to face off. I think that would be... I
1: don't think they um, are. Sorry to disappoint certainly, you. C-
0: certainly not in the first round. But I don't know. I don't know if either of those... I don't know if the Kings right. anyway could, could make it so far. But um, the Golden Knights are certainly more than capable, I think, of of doing that now that they have you know, everyone's kind of back and healthy for the, for the most part. Um, And so you mentioned Sidney Crosby and the 16 years and all this stuff. Is that one of the more, the one of the more overblown headlines right now? (laughs) I even saw you tweet about it. I was a little disappointed because I had put this in, in, in the notes. And I was like, this is stupid. Who cares?
1: I tweeted about uh, the, the, the top five songs of the year, right?
0: <laughs> yes. It was the, the is, yeah, very, um, very Twitter of you yeah, to, it was. to do that. The top hits the, the last year, the, the Penguins didn't make the playoffs or something yes. to that effect. I couldn't give less of a shit. I don't know if that's the right way to say that phrase. I I kind of messed that up. I could not care less. There's not, I, I can't figure out a way to care less. <laughs> about the Penguins not making the playoffs, and you know, because I think if you went back and listened to earlier in the season, we were talking about how the Islanders were going to make it. Right, we're looking at this roster, and it was—I uh, uh, think it was a little scary. I, I don't think we really knew where this team was going. This is obviously pre Angval and Horvat. They didn't do anything over the off season, and other than Romanov, and and, and we were a little worried or scared or nervous or just you know, frankly. Passed on the islander season I, I really did not think that we'd get to where we are right now right and we said i think both of us separately that it was going to take the penguins or the capitals to drop off for the islanders to get in because that's who they were going to wind up battling the the top of the division was pretty much set i think everyone nailed that and the the atlantic too so it was pretty much florida the islanders the penguins and the capitals the capitals actually dropped off a, a little bit early and then and buffalo a little bit late and then buffalo kind of surged again so you just swap out buffalo and, and the capitals but they were you know so far behind it was a, a little difficult to uh kind of make it back into the race in any kind of meaningful way although they were mathematically eliminated a week ago or so or just a few days ago but it's interesting that they both didn't make it and that Florida who looked like absolute garbage had a huge resurgence of late. I don't think I don't think there's much of a coincidence after Keith Kachuk called them out and then they went on a run and won six or seven games in a row. Yeah. So it's it's a little wild to me and that might be a little bit of the, the Islanders downfall in whether they play um Boston or Carolina. And so that's and that's our next topic here. If uh, correct me if I'm wrong if florida wins the islanders are the 8th seed and they play boston if carolina wins the islanders play carolina
1: so the panthers need to win um in order to yeah so the the, the panthers need to win take two points in order to uh play carolina uh, if the Islander, I'm sorry, if the Panthers lose, um, let's say they get a point, I think the Islanders have the tiebreaker. I'm pretty sure, so they'll stay in first place and play Carolina. Um, and then, if they if the Panthers win outright, they'll play Carolina. And if they lose, um, then they'll they'll play Boston.
0: If if, Car- if Carolina so, loses.
1: Let me let me simplify. If Carolina, I'm sorry, if Florida takes two points, they'll play Carolina. If they take one point, they'll play Boston. If they lose completely, they'll still play Boston.
0: Who they? Islanders they? or Panthers? Panthers day. Okay. Yeah,
1: cuz they play t- they play tonight. Right. Uh, Island- Islanders already played 82, so um it's up to Florida. Florida wins, they play Carolina. Florida takes one point, they play Boston. Florida takes no points, they still play Boston.
0: Okay, I think that's what I said. And uh, that was slightly more complicated, but uh, you've had a rough—you've had a rough 24 hours. So I'll, I have. I'll I'll, uh, I'll allow it for now, I guess. Um, I'll, I'll keep that one in my back pocket for later. <laughs> but you know, knowing, I think by the time you're hearing this, unless you're watching it on YouTube, it might be up a little bit earlier. But probably by the time you're you're listening to this, we will already know who the islands are playing in the first round. Um, who would you rather play, and why is it Carolina? <laughs>
1: You know they're they're both not great options. However, I will say the Islanders have already upset the Carolina Hurricanes once. Does that bode well for the Islanders? Maybe not. Maybe Carolina comes in with a vengeance and and wants to uh, you know get some revenge there. But you know it is Carolina just because obviously Boston is the juggernaut they are this season. I mean their differential is double the next uh leading team. They're plus one twenty-seven. You know, Linus Olmark's probably gonna win the Vezina, although there's an argument to be made there that it should be Sorokin or maybe even Connor Hellebuck. Um you know so obviously for obvious reasons you, you don't want to see Boston. You you'd prefer to see Carolina plus Carolina is missing one of their best players in Andrei Svechnikov. So you know, you don't want to make excuses for, for teams and be like, oh, I want to play them because they're the weaker opponent, right? You want to beat the best teams. Um, but at the same time, if we're talking what's the best matchup just in general, yeah, it's probably Carolina. Um,
0: I definitely agree. I, I think Boston would just be too much to handle yeah. over seven games. I think it's a matter of can they steal a couple? Yeah, I, I, I see that. It would. I think it would be a lot like the 2013 series against the Penguins. They definitely were not going to win that series, but they made it very interesting. And what I keep hearing from other podcasts and, and what people are writing is that the Islanders are likely to give them the hardest time. I don't think they're actually paying attention to the Islanders and they have this preconceived notion from what the Islanders used to be because they are not the lockdown team that they were. right? And we, we've seen that in, in fits and spurts all season long. They've been able to do it, but not consistently. And really the inconsistency thing goes back a really long time. And it might just be this group as a whole at this point, because it's been a decade with most of them. But I, I I just don't see them being able to kind of play Boston tightly and, and win four of seven from, from them with Carolina. I think that's a little bit different. I I think there's much more of a chance there. And I mean, the, the, they win the goaltending matchup. I, I think the, the uh, well, Carolina exactly is on defense, say. and then it's a toss-up from there, you know?
1: Yeah, and that, that's exactly what I was going to say, right? Like, the fact of the matter is that the goaltending in Carolina is super inconsistent. They have Ranta, who can't stay healthy. They have Anderson, who can't stay healthy. And then, you know, Kachekov comes up from the AHL when they need him to, which— I don't know if the AHL affiliate is in the playoffs for uh, Carolina, but, you know, if they are, they're going to need a goaltender, and is it going to be Kachekov, or are they going to have three goalies up uh, with the NHL roster once the salary cap doesn't matter anymore? I don't know. But the, the thing is, it's just the goaltending is so inconsistent there that you could see Sorokin stealing a series. Like, this is just the, – the truth of the matter is that, in, in my opinion, look, I this isn't – um. You know, homerism, this isn't, um, you know, any anything of the sort. This is just – the I, I think the pure fact is Ilya Sorokin is the best goaltender in the NHL right now, and he's just the reason why the Islanders are where they are. So um, I could see him steal a series easily, and I understand, you know, the, oh, they still have to score goals. Look, I think that's going to happen, right? I, we haven't seen Barzell yet. I think he's coming back. I I would be surprised if he's not in game one. When he does come back, Horvat is going to hopefully be shot out of a cannon because I, I, you can't deny the chemistry that they built before Barcel went down with injury. Can we can we pause on
0: Horvat for one yeah. second? Because I think because I think sure. you're right. I was I was thinking about this this morning, um, in the car, and uh, about Horvat and how it, you know I think a lot of people are are on one side or the other on on the argument with with him in that. He hasn't done what we expected him to do, which is score a ton of goals. And uh, there's another camp that's saying he's done so many other things. I think I'm in the camp that he's done so many other things and has really helped out the team on the, on the whole. But it's, it's interesting when you think back to other players who kind of took a little bit of time to get acclimated to the Islanders. And when you think about it like that, by the time the playoffs rolled around, thinking Pajot thinking Palmieri by the time the playoffs rolled around, they were in much better shape, right? The, the, the team kind of gelled a little bit more as, as the playoffs went on. And I think Horvat Engvall seemed to do it pretty quickly. I think between Engvall, um, was it Engvall Nelson, uh, Parise? That line is, um, Engvall, Nelson Palmieri, I'm sorry, and that line is unstoppable. So I think to your point, and I think or what you were getting to is that Barzell comes back and, and everything kind of falls into place a little bit more seamlessly and um, uh, especially in the top six.
1: Right, and, and that that's that's exactly it. So, um, you know, you know. I, Zoom- I, it, the, the thing is, just real quick. The thing is, everyone is so quick to dismiss the Islanders' offense, but really, I mean, we didn't get a, enough of a um, sample size of what it's like with a, a healthy, a fully healthy lineup. So I think there is potential for, you know, some upsets there with that being the case, and and Sorokin being as good as he is.
0: I I could tend to agree there, but I, I think zooming out and and to your point on Barzell, regardless of who they play is Barzell in being in the lineup or not really the difference here? I say this, I have an answer in mind, I but
1: if he, if he doesn't
0: return, are they there? There's just no chance.
1: Well, I mean, no, I don't think that there's no chance, but the thing is, you know, think about like exactly the scenario of, of Horvat not playing as well as he was before he was gone. Right. Like it's, it's not going to make it, – It it's that, yes, the Islanders could still potentially take a series without Barzell in the lineup, but, I mean, obviously the chances are that much better with him in the lineup. I understand, oh, they play better without him, but I, I don't buy that necessarily. I think that, yes, they all stepped up and, you know, there were also – there were also, you know, the the playoffs were hinging on whether their season was going to stay alive or not. So did they play better because Barzell wasn't in the lineup or did they play better because they – needed to play better. I think that's that's it. And in the
0: regular season I think that's fine. I don't think they really have a chance without without
1: him. Naspen Hockey is brought to you by DraftKings. It's NBA playoffs time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game with the touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. So open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. With so many New York teams in the postseason, why not parlay for both the Knicks and the Knicks to win a game? Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877 8 HOPE NY, or text HOPE NY 467369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources.
0: Unless... Lamorello, actually, now that I think the Bridgeport Islanders are not in the playoffs, I, I believe that they d- did not make the uh, and I'm not the, sure about the Caller Cup playoffs. No, they they just missed it um, by it looks like five points. I think their season's done at 70, is it 72 games. But it looks like the everyone's kind of uh, everyone's kind of clinched here, so. Unless Lam actually without Barzell, you, you cannot have Holmstrom or Bailey in the lineup. You you need to bring somebody else up. Durando, Iskakov. I, I really don't care. It cannot be either of them. That's that's kind of where I'm at. If so, if you're not gonna have Barzell and they also don't do that and insert some type of speed and just tenacity and some kind of hunger from a younger player. I, I'm. I don't think I reasonably believe the Islanders have a shot against. Certainly not against Boston. I th- much less than fifty percent against the Canes. I, Look, I just I, I'm
1: just it. gonna say, I'm just gonna say, I get it, I, and I totally. I'm not saying I'm not sitting here being like, oh yeah, you know the, uh, the 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 Islanders totally have a chance against Boston Bruins. Look, anything can happen in the playoffs. Just gonna start there. But second. Again, do I think the Bruins would win the series? I do. Do I think that we could sit here again after we've already done this, how many times with the Islanders and be like, yeah, no shot? Look, man, They last year happened. It was what it was. Think about the two years prior to that. The majority of this roster is still here. And if you really think about it, I understand who's not behind the bench anymore, but piece for piece, they might be better. With Horvat in the equation now, um, Dobson has grown into what he has, but the the biggest thing for me is the goaltending is way better than it was when they were in the Eastern Conference Finals, those two, uh, two seasons that they went. Sorokin is far and away better than what they were the, the goaltending situation was back then. So if you really think about it piece by piece, this team is actually better. And I understand they got in by the skin of their teeth. Other teams have changed. I, I, I get all of that. I don't know, man, like this is something feels, and, and look, the end of the season was what it was, right? Like embarrassing loss to, to almost not make it into the playoffs. Like they did it to themselves. I get it. The, it's almost a, a, a brand new season things. It, not almost. It, it is. It's a brand new season. It's the postseason. Brand new, clean slate. I have a feeling Barzell is going to be back. I have a feeling Romanov is going to be okay. Like I, this team is, although the the last team to get in, the last day of the season, they're dangerous.
0: It's interesting to hear you say that. I obviously you're the optimist on um, on the show, so I'm not surprised to hear you say that. I think. And what you brought up was going to be my next point. I think that's all great. I even believe most of it. I've then watched them play against the Capitals and in some of these other games. And they've just been terrible.
1: I agree with you.
0: And I think, and once you start falling behind two and three, nothing in the playoffs. Ah, man, I get, I get
1: really worried. I agree with you. However. How many times did we? Let's go back to episode. I don't know forty. I wish we were. <laughs> were I wish I was better at editing and like can go find it. I'm like right, we go back. How many times did we say this then? Right, like is that not true? I think they
0: figured it out, but it was not. Um, they played less of a role in it than than they should have. They should have ended the season with four four wins. Right. I mean, the Tampa one was was uh, a surprise to me. Elliot was terrible. I don't know that that game goes that way with Vesilevsky. Um I didn't think any of the honors goals were particularly like jaw dropping. Right? It was just good opportunities, and they and they played a good game. Right? I, I, maybe that happens on any given night. Who, who knows? But Elliot was terrible, like really, really bad. Yeah. So they so they take those two points and they give them they put themselves in better position. I guess how you this has just been the problem most of the season and a critique that I've had. The the people behind the bench, nowhere sitting on the bench, are ready for these games. They are not getting to the rink prepared. Because so I saw that I saw a, um, I think I even. I think I tweeted it from our account. There was a Parise quote about um, about their preparation. And I said, I would go back and watch the tape, man, because you, I think we're watching. I know you experienced it firsthand, but from where a lot of us sit, you were not prepared. And Sorokin just, you know, for the first time in a long time, just didn't bail them out. I think on most nights, he's fine. And maybe it's a one-nothing um you know, end of the first period. But I I thought it was, um, yeah, he said, urgency is always there for us. I think that's thrown around a little loosely. You'll never convince me we weren't urgent and we, we, we weren't ready to play. I wouldn't say we didn't have urgency. I don't think that's fair. I don't know. I mean, definitely burn the tape. But before you actually do that, watch it through, man, because it, that's not the case. That is not what the rest of us experienced um, from the seats and on, on TV. It was a bad game. And that's and that's really the issue, right? And that's like this whole next segment that I want to talk about is what are the pitfalls and downfalls of this Islanders team in the first round? Obviously, the Caps games issues in a vacuum are, are a problem just in that one game. But that's really just a microcosm of this season. What else could be going wrong in this first round series for the Islanders that, whether it's Boston or, or the Canes, you know, could essentially just find them uh, on the golf course a little early?
1: Yeah, and you know, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you you see when this team is like decides they have to turn it on and they they need to win a game, they'll do it. And then there are just some games where they mail it in. And and the thing that was really surprising for me against the capitals was that you're right yo know, you had said Sorokin wasn't particularly good in that game so whereas he's he's look in my opinion again like I said earlier the best in the NHL right now um that was a bit concerning for me like if he has a blunder i I don't think he would right it's so rare that he does something like that but you know if he does have a blunder in in the postseason the islanders aren't I don't, I don't know are equipped enough to uh you know pick him up You know, they get
0: dejected. It seems very quickly, right? They've come back in games, and I think that that shows something that like what they're capable of. But that's not all the time. They did it a lot. I think it was a lot more in the in the early parts of the season than it was at the end of the season. I think that was a trend throughout the NHL. But they seem to get dejected, and again, that goes back to that leadership thing. Horvat, I think, certainly helped with and without Barzell in the lineup. I, I think his presence simply helped the team kind of put it together. I don't I don't think that Nelson or Lee or Clutterbuck, you know, who came back a little bit later. I don't think those voices are coming out flat or or something like that, or even Lambert for that matter. They're just not doing their job. Like it's just not being there's not effective. So I'm not sure I, I think Barzell coming back is a would be a huge boost. But that, that leadership really needs to come through from some of those guys and the experience that they've all had making it very far. Essentially, you know, I don't want to say against all odds, but against some really good teams, they beat Boston in the bubble after the Capitals. I think you. I think that may be a forgotten thing in in all of this. I don't think that's impossible. Yeah, they got they got swept by the Canes after they swept the Penguins, but the record on teams that sweep losing the next round is high. Yeah. Is a high probability that if you sweep around and you're sitting around, you will likely lose the next one unless you're just an absolute juggernaut. But I, I think it's very rare that that, that, that ultimately happens. I, I I you know going back, what are some other things I have some things written down, but what do you think of some other things the honors need to just get focused on to actually make it through round one?
1: uh their power play i mean holy crap that thing is i, I which i don't understand how it's worse than ever uh I, who was the who was the bench coach last, last year that ran the power play it's it's escaping me regardless oh that that coach is with the LA Kings and they have like one of the best power plays in the league right now which makes me wonder is it is it the personnel on the ice like has it just gone so stale you know and, and look like I, I get it like they're back in the playoffs they they played better this season obviously than they did last season um, new system five on five with Lambert yada yada I don't know like is this just like are they do they not have enough specialists for a power play to be <laughs> adequate
0: they need one more Brock Nelson well and, uh, that should be poor that but now that the power play is kind of going through him as, as a passer, because Barzell is there, yeah, therein the lies therein lies the problem. So they, I think they have what they need as on that first unit. Dobson is has been quiet. I think I think he's been playing quite poorly, frankly, as of late. Um, but he has not been the offensive force that that he was going through. What was it? November, December, and then the end of last season, and. Pulak is a shell of his former self on both sides of the ice. So you don't really have somebody to that can either quarterback with Barzell, which I would suggest because when Barzell's on the ice, all eyes are on him and they know it's going to be Barzell to Horvat, But they, they need somebody else that can really step up and quarterback that um, that first power play unit on from a defensive perspective so that it takes some eyes off Barzell, right? You, you need to be able to set up Horvat or Barzell or Nelson for that matter, kind of like Ovechkin. I'm not comparing those players to Ovechkin, but they need to treat it like that's their superstar and just get him the puck. Nelson can score a ton of goals in the power play, and so can Horvat. You just need to be able to get it there. And without Barzell and without Dobson or Pulak being able to set them up, um, it, it's simply not happening. I, I, I do also think. A quiet Brock Nelson will be the death of this team if, Bar- especially if Barzell doesn't
1: come back, because yeah, he's been carrying
0: this team lately.
1: Yeah, that's that's you. You said it really well there. Um, and, and I don't think that's going to happen. Look, Brock Nelson. Everybody said last uh, after last season, like, okay, that was that was his best season. He's not going to be able to repeat that, right? He said, "Hold my beer," right? He had thirty six goals this year. He had thirty seven last year, but he had a career high in points. He had seventy five. So. You know, and the the thing that's most interesting to me is on any other team that that, you know prioritizes offense, Brock Nelson's scoring forty five goals. He's got Mm -hmm. maybe ninety points. I'm I'm convinced. I could agree with that. He's not he's not that player on this team and well he's not getting that output on this team, but he is that kind of a player. You almost Um, need
0: Islanders adjusted points for right, and that's exactly what it is.
1: We'll have to get stats by Zach to to you know Run that simulation, just because I you you think about a team who can't score three goals a game, right? They're at two point nine eight, I believe. They don't score t- two goals a game, but Brock Nelson still has thirty six. That's impressive. So he he, I I don't foresee him going cold in the playoffs. He has made it well known that he's a guy who's going to lead this team at least offensively. the The problem for me is. Matthew Barzell has been out for six weeks. He's still second in scoring. Oh, yeah, it's a huge
0: problem. Right. You need other, you're going to need some, some heroes. And I he was
1: second in give, scoring when he went down. He's
0: give Palmieri a little credit. Scoring. I would look that, at points I per game here and as a, as another factor instead of just the, the points, because that might actually give us a little bit more insight into who's been actually effective and, and, kind of helping and it has been more of a team effort i think yeah. even even with barzell and i just i want to go back to to nelson for one second because i have a little bit of trivia for you um this will either be really easy or you're going to rack your brain and be mad that you don't know the answer <laughs> who's the last eye player to score 35 or more goals in back-to-back seasons matt molson he scored 35 in back-to-back seasons
1: maybe maybe it wasn't that much
0: he, first of all, uh, I don't know if I'm, uh, now we're going to, we have to look this up in, in real time because I, uh, he slipped my mind as somebody that was even capable of that, frankly. For the New York Islanders, he did not have back to back.
1: Okay. So it's somebody before Matt Molson's time, is what you're saying?
0: Um, that seems to be where we're at. But he did score three 30 goal seasons in a row. And I may, he might be, uh, I you know, I think Tavares did that. And I think there were a couple other players, but, um, here, here and there, but uh, yeah, I guess it's before Molson's time, although his time does go back pretty far.
1: So it's before Matt Molson and so and it's not John Tavares because that was my next guess.
0: No long, uh, I would say not long before that, but before that. Think about even who the 30 or 35 goal scorers were, or even players that came close. I remember did Jason
1: Blake score 30, 35 and then 40.
0: I may have fallen off my radar too. I, I thought he had just the one uh, 40 goal season. Um, no, he scored 28 and then 40. Okay. Is it Palfi? That was the answer that I came up with. I couldn't I could not come up with any. I think he had three in a row and they were all 40 wow. goal seasons. Um, wow. That's how long it's been because Tavares had two 35 goals plus seasons, but it was with the Islanders and the next year was with Toronto and he had some a bunch of 30s in a row. Lee had a 40 goal season, couldn't couldn't return to that. Blake had the 40 goal season. Um I don't think Parrish had a ton more than uh, maybe one one season. Um I'm going to double check. Someone someone will correct me. Uh, I'm I'm sure but no, he he had one Parrish had one 30 goal season. Um, but so th- there really haven't been a lot of Islanders with more than 35 goals and certainly not back to back seasons. So if I'm wrong, please correct me um, in the uh, what has been deemed by another podcast as the compliment section, either on Twitter or on, <laughs> on YouTube. Um, we talked about power play continuous stink um, as a potential downfall. I think Sorokin becoming human, I don't even want to say it would be his version of becoming a pumpkin. But but just playing on a human level. I really don't know if that's possible. I don't think that we're going to see him play poorly. If the Islanders do lose in the first round, his numbers aren't going to be great. I think that's just the nature of losing. Um four out of five, four out of six, or four out of seven. Your your number it's such a small sample size. Your numbers are not going to look good unless it's one nothing or two nothing games. Um or just, you know, low scoring games in general and there's a ton of shots. But I don't see that happening. Do you is, that's an obvious downfall, right? Like that's something that if he just doesn't play well, this team is
1: is toast. That and that might be the biggest one of them all. Yeah, I mean it's that's easily true. If Sproken doesn't play well, this team is toast. It's like I said earlier, they don't have firepower, they don't have the offensive prowess, they don't possess the puck enough to be able to, you know, put a band-aid on bad cult ending. So I, I don't think that Sorokin will, you know, become human. I think he's inhumane and will forever be inhumane. Um, you know, but with the the very off chance that it happens, yeah, I don't think that the Islanders are equipped enough to put a band aid on that.
0: I don't think he's inhumane. I think he's superhuman. That might have been what okay. you're. Going to... I know that's what you meant. Inhumane would be like, well, he's a robot. He's hurting people, and like he's not he's not treating people humanely. But I understand what you were saying. I'm just being a, a stick. I'm
1: reading too many comic books lately.
0: Maybe I wouldn't trust that uh, as your thesaurus or any way to kind of expand your mm. your your words here. But as I struggle to just get that sentence out. Um, Clearly, I'm not reading enough either. Um <laughs> I, I, I said this before on a, on a little bit of a rant. What does the lineup look like if it really does come down to Bailey or Holmstrom? What should Lane Lambert do at this point? I mean, they're both <laughs> they're both just warm bodies out there,
1: and you know what it men- is. I- I think holmstrom has this knack for showing up in a big moment everything else that he does is like you write a warm body but sometimes he just clicks and he was kind of and which is not going to happen if if barzell returns but he was kind of forming a little bit of chemistry with horvat thing to me is that you saw what Lane Lambert did yesterday or two days ago, as you hear this in inserting Josh Bailey into game 82 with the season on the line, it's clear that he's going to lean on his veterans. And so if it comes down to who am I putting in Bailey or Holmstrom, no one should be surprised if it's Bailey.
0: I think that's right. And I think um, I saw a few people tweet before the game, if they win this game and make it to the playoffs,
1: there. For sure, going to keep Bailey in the lineup, right? And I, that's I gotta, the thing. I guess... Like, I, I, you know, I don't believe he should be. I think he should be scratched. However, a coach's mentality is if it's not broken, don't fix it, and you're not going to change the lineup after a win.
0: Yeah, as I said earlier, I think it's it should be one of the kids. I don't think you should be on, put on the first line, right? I think if you're gonna, if you're gonna put a veteran presence on that first line with Lee Horvat, if Barzell's not back. I think you just put maybe you put Parise up there. And you stick Durando with Peugeot and um Engval. No. Um God, who is that third line?
1: Uh it's Parise and Fashing. And fashion. Peugeot
0: yeah. fashing and Durando, or whatever. I think I think that would be better. At least right. it it keeps things a little bit more consistent in your top six and you, you have I don't want to say firepower, but Parise did score 20 goals, maybe even 21 goals this season. So it's not like he isn't capable of putting the puck in the net, and he has a ton of energy. Um, I think he's a better third liner because he's sneaky good with Peugeot and and Fashing, and and that third line is is if the others make it, the stars are supposed to score. The top two lines are supposed to score and make an impact. It's whose third line is going to win you the game. Who's Hudson, fashioning is going to score you that game-winning goal. Wait, it's very rarely the star, right? And, and on the big, big stages, you have the Kane winning the game in against the Flyers in 2000. Does that ten, whatever that was, in in OT? But a lot of times, it's it's the third and fourth lines under your bottom six really winning you that championship with a with an extra goal chipped in here or there. So obviously, I think he's better in that spot. But if Barzal not going to come back, I, I I really do think you got to get the kids in there. Um, I also want to end with Pulak and Pelic. Now, I don't have the numbers. And I probably could have just looked at stats by Zach. Um, and you know, any other of the um, analytics gurus out there, but are they not playing well? Or is that Am I just seeing that? Does it seem like they're not playing well and it's actually fine? Or is the eye test actually telling me
1: the, the truth here? Um, it's it's funny you say this because I did see – I forget who tweeted it. Um, someone in the Islander community had tweeted, you know, if there was another expansion and we had to protect a certain amount of players, Ryan Pullock would not be on my list. I think Adam Pellick is is still playing pretty well. I think he's doing a lot to mask some of the, um, you know, issues that are on the blue line right now, um, or at least trying to. And look, when you're the, you know, when, when you're the thirty-minute defenseman because you're the number one uh, or most dependent on, right? And that's just obviously an exaggerated number. But if you're if you're on the ice for the majority of of the of the shifts as the, the number one defenseman, you're going to be out there for some mistakes too. It's going to happen. Right, it's just that that's how that's how numbers work. So I don't think Pellic is is much of an issue. I think Pollock is is definitely you know struggling a little bit. However, um, you know you you hope to get some some playoff Pollock back in, uh, Magic back in into uh, into him a little bit. You know, a couple what was it two two years ago now, where he made that immaculate game save, uh, game winning save, if you will. Um, but yeah, Pollock is definitely playing a little off right now. There, there's been some, you know, questions too, as to, and it shocks me. Um, but there's been some questions too as to why the Islanders have been hesitant to put him on the power play. And I'm like, did we all forget? <laughs> like, did we all forget he was? And just look, the fact of the matter is, he can't hit the net. What are you gonna do? You know, the, Reed Fulton, one out of five. Ryan Pulock, one out of ten.
0: Which is crazy because he had all those seasons in a row. I say all those seasons. I think it was maybe three of 10 goals, nine and 10 goals a season. Right. And at least putting the puck on the net and and getting assists. And he was at 35, maybe, you know, in that kind of range for points. And it's just been crazy to see him kind of fall off as that type of player. And then in addition, Dobson who was stepping up in that role is now not doing that. And then Romanov is also had, you know, I think he was labeled more as a, as a tougher player, but he's not necessarily contributing in that way. Ajo is also not doing that. So, you, And then Pelic is just simply not that type of player all the time. So it's really frustrating to see the back end who was contributing very well at the beginning of the season. If I'm not mistaken, they were leading the league in points by defensemen. And then that just completely fall off the rest of the way when that really probably could have helped when they were inconsistent on forward in the scoring department to kind of come in and, and maybe level it off for a bit. But it's, um, it's disappointing. I, th- I think that that pairing needs to kind of lead the way. I think in addition to Sorokin and Barzell, Barzell returning and Sorokin just not becoming a pumpkin. I think the pulak Pelic pairing really needs to kind of lead the way in being that lockdown kind of defensive team that, that we're used to seeing here. Um, do you have anything? We just hit the hour mark. Um, maybe a little bit longer with the ad. What? Any last thoughts here before we wrap it up and cross our fingers um, before the playoffs begin next week?
1: You just, you just want them to be healthy. That's that's really it. If 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 they're healthy, you know, Barzell's. Good to go. Romanov's good to go. I I think it's again, you know, it's like I, I, I want to be careful about making this comparison. Maybe you could tell me if I'm way off here. But the pyramids, right? The pyramids. They're perfectly, perfectly crafted. One notch goes out of place, that whole thing is off. That's exactly what the islanders are. They're they're a pyramid. One notch is out of place. The whole thing is off.
0: I'm hearing Barzella that they're a pyramid scheme.
1: They're a pyramid scheme. There it is. But in a uh. weird,
0: but in, but in that's a that's a bad thing. We don't want them to be a pyramid <laughs> scheme. We right. They're selling us on something bad, but then we're going to tell two more friends that look no. But the Islanders are really good, and then we kind of keep doing that, and that's how the Amish fan base um, has stayed afloat over the last 20 years of, or if, Jesus since the 80s or early 90s when they they made any kind of thing until you know the conference um, final you know going back to back there but um, I think that's a fair point they just really need to be locked in I hope that they can get that focus back and there's enough of these players that were on those long runs that can do that I think that's where the leadership needs to really step up here I want Horvat to be hungry he's I don't think he's really ever been in this type of position before with a team that can make some noise they're definitely an underdog in both Potential series, they really just need to kind of pull together here, as as you said, and just kind of be lockstep. Um, before we wrap it up, though, I, w- I do want to end with this: since and including the 2000 Stanley Cup, the President's Trophy winner, the President's Trophy winners have won the Stanley Cup just four times. Three of them, two were the Wings, one were the Abs, were before the salary cap, so before. The 2004 lockout. Hawks did it in the shortened 2013 season. Exception to the rule since in over the last t- almost 20 years. So there's something here if they play Boston, it's not a lock. I don't know. These other teams that won may have lost further into the playoffs, but if history tells us anything, it's not exactly a lock. Um maybe the first round, but it's it's not um there, there's a there's a chance here, so that's my optimism. As we, uh, a rare moment of optimism. Um, Look,
1: more anxiety up, than anything, but leading up to the playoffs, you listen to any radio shows talking about matchups and scenarios and who's going to play who in the first round. Majority of the time, you'll hear you'll you'll hear people say, "If the Islanders make the playoffs, you don't want to see them in the first round." I like the I said earlier.
0: I think it's I don't think they were watching the team. As closely this season because it's very different than it's been in the, in the past. But if they can pull it together, I agree. I don't we think have you have not to seen
1: That's that happen. Thing. I I agree with you. They have they probably haven't watched the team in the regular season. I don't think you have to because again we've we can copy and paste episode forty and 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 publish it today and and people would hear what we're talking about and be like oh yeah that applies right now. I think that that's a known thing. They're not built to get to the playoffs. They're built to be in the playoffs and nobody wants and, and I, you, I know you don't necessarily love that. I think it, I think there's truth to it and they're really I hard mean, I, to play in the playoffs.
0: It's not that I don't like it. I just, it doesn't give me a warm and fuzzy feeling. I know we saw it twice. It's just under very different circumstances. So I just, I want them to be able to pull together for yeah. real after a long season, Be able to kind of do that. No breaks, no shortened thing. No, just one division actually go in and burn the tape. Forget the regular season happened. I'm happy to do that and walk into this series thinking differently. They have not really earned that this year. They have not earned us giving them a a clean slate going into the playoffs. I'm willing to, to try. I'm, I know I'm going to get burned on this but I'm willing to at least try and go into that first round series and think okay there's there's something here let's let's see what they can do cuz look if they lose in the first round and it was a good series fine I don't I don't mind if they make it and and really push Boston even if it's a 4-2 series right I think that 2013 series uh, against the penguins was a great series they lost 4 to 2 it was a lot closer than that I'm I'm willing to go even as far as I might even enjoy it if they lose the first round. If they just play well, <laughs> no one is going to remember that necessarily, yeah. right? But you'll you think back to the, that Carolina series after they swept the Penguins, and they weren't good at all, and they they kicked the Penguins' ass in the first round. Now that that team was you know bad as far as the Penguins are concerned, but. They went into Carolina and just laid an egg, regardless of you know they had a weight or this or that. If you're if you're built for the playoffs, what happened? You were, the next two years they ran into the Lightning. Fine, fine. They also won the cups those years. You lost the Stanley Cup yeah. champion. Fine. I hear you. But if you're a playoff team, then be a playoff team. Don't just make it. We 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 have a. League. I guess we'll we don't see. need more than one of those. Yes. I guess we'll see. Um, we'll we'll post on Twitter when we think the next episode is going to be recorded. I don't think we have a playoff schedule. Obviously, we don't have a playoff schedule yet because we don't at this very moment do not do not know who they're playing, um, but we'll try to work around it so that this is, um, I don't know, about an off day or something, maybe a game day episode. I'm, I'm not sure. We try not to be too picky about that this season as we have been in the past, but um, we'll try to time it the best we can. Um, please reality. rate review. Say that- again?
1: relevancy.
0: For relevancy, yeah. If, if only if only for that. Uh <laughs> please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to or watch the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Asmond Hockey. You can find James work at the fourth period. Make sure to subscribe for Isles Fix uh before the playoffs start and 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 stay tuned during the playoffs. They're gonna have some great newsletters as as things continue. Um and obviously um uh, into the summer and um in the offseason as things kind of ramp up there. Whenever that starts. For the Islanders, hopefully much later into spring and maybe even well, not the early summer, much later in the spring. Um than than it is right now. Um James, bring us home.
1: Till next time, all let's go, Islanders.